May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Shalom lachem b'nei Adonai. Figured I'd start with a little Hebrew today because, well, our text was originally written in Hebrew and it has one of my favorite Hebrew words showing up several times. That word, shalom. Maybe you've heard that word before. You probably know it means peace, sometimes translated prosper or prosperity. It's one of those words that can be used in a lot of different ways, kind of like aloha in Hawaii. It can be a greeting, it can be a farewell, it can be a verb, it can be a noun, it can be an interjection, a wish, a blessing, a hope, a plan. Shalom. Like I said, it's usually translated peace or, or prosper, but, but the picture of the word is bigger than just an absence of hostility. It's bigger than just a ceasefire. The, the word has it in, in it, the picture of, of completion, of, of wholeness, fulfillment, where, where everything is, is just is clicking and the relationships are, are full and, and that, that completion, that's shalom. So, shalom lachem b'nei Adonai. Peace to you, children of God. That's what our text today promises. God says that he has plans for you for shalom. Do you believe that? Do you feel that? I don't know about you, but sometimes life has a way of making it feel like it's not this whole complete perfect fulfillment, everything clicking, full cylinders. So do we have shalom? Is your life hassle-free, stress-free, worry-free? Shalom? You see the issue here, right? God declares shalom, and sometimes our lives say, eh, Really? Is that, is that a real thing? Do we really have shalom? So let, let's look at our text. This is the prophet Jeremiah writing from Jerusalem. So he is in Jerusalem, in Israel. He's writing to captives that are in Babylon. You see, the Babylonian Empire had come through, and they had defeated the Israelites. They took a bunch of money, a bunch of valuables, and about 10,000 of the best and brightest from Jerusalem to be their slaves, to to go and take them to to Babylon in exile, in captivity. Part of the reason was, well, they wanted to use those people for their purposes there, but, but the other part was to make sure that Jerusalem would stay plenty weak and they wouldn't have good leadership in order to stage some sort of rebellion. But if you know the history, you know that they did rebel and so the Babylonian Empire came back through and completely wiped them out. They killed just about everyone and took the rest into to exile. They destroyed the temple, knocked down the city walls, just, just destroyed Israel. So our text today is between those two deportations. The second one happened because God said it would if they didn't listen to him. So, I mean, that was to be expected. But, but here we are between, before the Jerusalem is completely destroyed, and Jeremiah is writing a letter to those exiles, those 10,000 that are captive in Babylon. Because imagine what they're going through. What should they do? 
Should they be fighting against the king of Babylon with every ounce of their effort and get themselves killed? Should they give up? What should they be doing? And so God has his prophet write to them because they are in what you might call a less than ideal situation. Captive to the king that had attacked their people and their God and seems to have won. So, as we read this, Maybe you might be in a situation that you might call less than ideal. Two things. First, I'm guessing it's not quite as bad as those captives in Babylon had it. But even so, if God could say what he does to these captives in Babylon, how much more wouldn't he say it to you? Our text is recorded in Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 7. I'll read the first part of it here. (coughs) This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers you too will prosper. Did you catch that? God said he did that. He carried them into exile. Even what seemed like a bad thing, God did it. And look at the instructions that he has for them in their bad situation. Build, marry, plant, get used to it, make it your home, make the best of it, even pray For those people that attacked you and killed your friends and took you into... Pray for them. And you want to guess? You want to guess what word he used to say what they should pray for? What they should be seeking for them? Shalom. In fact, he says, if they have shalom, then you have shalom. God's got plans for you for peace. Wherever you are, even if it's not where you want to be. And look at how he says that happens when we make the most of where we are. When we seek peace instead of vengeance. When we pray for those who seem to be the ones causing us problems. So apply that. What does that mean for you today? At soccer camp this week, we heard story after story of people that were in really rough situations that God put them into. And they had to deal with some stuff. Moses facing off against the most powerful nation on earth, and Moses didn't have any army. David being chased by King Saul who was trying to kill him. Paul being put in prison again and again because he was doing what God told him to do. All of them suffering because God had plans for them. And looking back at those stories, looking at how they turned out, we, we can see, oh yeah, God was training them through that. He was building them through that. And he was there with them through whatever they were going through. And he gave them the victory when they needed it so that all would be wonderful. But, but when they were going through it, how hard it must have been to see that. So what does God have you going through right now? Job uncertainty? Medical problems? 
relationship issues. Maybe you don't feel like praying for the success of those who seem to be the ones that are giving you grief. Maybe you're not feeling the, the shalom. Maybe your faith's a little bit weak and it doesn't even look like God is, is working through all of this or, or, or that he's in control or, or that he cares about you. Look at his answer. Time and again in Israel's history, God came through. He had destroyed enemies far more powerful than Nebuchadnezzar and those Babylonians, and, and, and he could easily do it again, but he didn't this time because he had plans. He had plans for your peace. And the plans for our peace involved this whole Babylonian captivity thing. Because it was a plan that one day would bring some wise men from this area where those exiles were in captive to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem. They were following a star. A star that was prophesied by one of those exiles in Babylon six centuries earlier. God had been working this all out so that he could keep his promises. He planned to send his son. And that's the plan that he told to Adam and Eve and, and Noah and Abraham and Moses and David and, and all the rest. A plan to pay our price. That is what is at the heart of all of Old Testament history. God was keeping his promises because he had a plan for you and me. To give us peace. To forgive us when we failed in our trust. To strengthen us when we are weak. To celebrate with us forever in heaven. But to make that plan happen, it took what seemed less than desirable, right? The death, the sufferings and crucifixion and death of God's perfect son. So think about what that tells you about God's plan for you. He loved you so much that he organized all of world history so that he could give up his son for you. Could you really possibly think that he would do all of that and then let your sickness or your loss or your job struggle or your bank balance destroy you? Whatever you're going through. Do you really think that if he could and did do what he did, that he isn't in control over a little thing like Cancer, or war, or politics, or your relationship, or, or whatever it is you worry about. Look at our text. Verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. Notice what's happening here. Before it gets darkest, right? Be, before, before the complete destruction happens, he gives a promise so that they can hold on to that through the, the worst of times. He tells them he's in control and he'll fix it. And he lets them know that it's not just this whole destruction of Jerusalem thing, but, but everything is under the umbrella of his control. Look at how he goes on. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, literally to give you shalom. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. It's frustrating when we don't know the plans. Or when we don't see them playing out like we think they should. But here is shalom. Here is peace. God knows. And his plans are you, for you are good. Whatever happens here, your eternity is secure. And what happens here is just pre- preparing you for that. And when you learn that, look at what he says happens. You will call on him. You will pray to him. And he will listen. You will seek him. And he is found by you right here in his word. Right here where two or three are gathered together in his name. Here he is with us. Right here in the sacraments, in the water of baptism, he claims you have his, as his own and gives you that, that complete relationship with him. In the Lord's Supper, in the bread and wine, he gives you his own body and blood for forgiveness, for relationship, for shalom. God knows the plans he has for you. You might not be completely clear on what's going on in your life right now, but, but God knows. And he wants you to call on him, and he will give you shalom. Shalom lachem b'nei Adonai. In Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.